What a blessing. Well, uh, first up, I'd like to thank everybody that have um, made that will make this weekend so um, good. I just was walking around in the kids' ministry earlier, just seeing how the kids are going to be taught today and just what a blessing that is that our kids are influenced with a great message this Easter. And so that's a real good thing. I just want to say thank you to everybody who makes this happen. You know, the whole idea, you probably you might have seen our um, invitation little cards. You might have received one in the mail or you might have been given one by a friend. But the whole idea of scandal, this whole idea of scandal, we, we hear of them from time to time. In the AFL, you know, the scandal that Essendon would get off, you know. The, I'm only joking. Or the scandal that Australia would beat New Zealand. Thank you, Dan and Blocks. Appreciate your ministry. But there's scandals. We see them in the movies and we think, oh, what's going to happen? You know, but the, the, the great thing is I love about the Bible that it doesn't brush over things. It, it, it reveals scandals. And it's just great for us to be able to see that within the Bible, there's stories about God's interaction with people. The whole Bible is actually about God. It's about God's interaction with people and people's interaction with each other. And God's grace is revealed in the midst of these scandals. For example, there was once a a landowner who owned a vineyard and he went out very early in the morning into the central of town and he asked people to come and work in his vineyard and he agreed with them that they would get paid $1 for the day. And so these people came and they went out and started working. Well, at 9am, the landowner went again out to the town and and invited more people to come back and work in his vineyard. And he said, you will get paid a fair wage. They too went and worked. Again at midday and again at 3pm, the landowner went back into town to get some more workers. And he talked to them and he invited them out to his farm and he said, hey, go and work in my vineyard. Well, at 5pm, He went again into the town and he found some people still standing around idle and he asked them and he said, why aren't you working? How come you are still standing here being idle? And they responded by saying, nobody has hired us. So he said to all of those that were standing around at 5pm, go back and work in my vineyard. Well, one hour passed by. And the landowner said to his manager, call all the workers in and we will pay them their wage. So the manager calls all the workers back in and he said, we will start with the last to the first. So the manager calls the last up and they're all standing in a long line from the last to the first. And the, one, the last get their $1 for doing an hour's work. And those that were at the end of the line who'd been working all day thought or assumed, wow, this is going to be good. This is going to be great. By the time it got to the end of the line and those that were first were receiving their payment for their work, they got a dollar. Well, they grumbled and complained about the landowner And so one of them, a spokesman, went to the landowner and said, this is just not right. We have been working all day in the very hot sun for all of these hours and done all of this work and then you pay us 
the same as those who've been working for an hour, you are making those equal with us. To this, the landowner replied and said, didn't we agree on $1 for a day? I have not been unfair to you. Now leave and go your way. Well, see, the listeners of the day when Jesus told this story thought this is outrageous. You can't do that. That is just not fair. It was against the law of society in the day to actually treat people like this, they thought. But this is an illustration. It's one of four parables that Jesus talks about, about the scandal of God's amazing grace. See, for us, we think sometimes it's just not fair. See, God's mercy for each and every one of us makes us all equal. If you have been a follower of Jesus for a long time, or if you've never said yes to Jesus Christ as your Saviour and Lord, we are all equal in the eyes of God. Those who trust in God's forgiveness, they know the difference. Now, for you and me, when it comes to treating people equal, I don't know about you, but, you know, I seem to find it... I find it a lot easier to like people who like me. You know, I don't, I don't know if you're like that, you know. If people who are nice and, and, you know, sort of friendly and generous. I, I, I like that. Liking people who are mean or nasty to me, I don't really fancy that. Taking that a step further, I don't really fancy that. I find it hard to, hard to fancy them. Now, I'm sure I'm the only one here that would have that problem, have that issue. But see, for us, we find it hard to love those who are mean. See, a number of years after Jesus died on the cross, one of his followers wrote this, and it'll come up on the screens. Paul wrote this. Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and he doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. See, this whole idea of presenting himself in a sacrificial death, that Jesus would die for those who are commonly known sinners, or which is a word, those who are absent from a relationship with God. This all started well before He died on the cross. It actually started when Jesus, knowing his fate, that being death and that by crucifixion, Jesus was praying earnestly for each and every one of us in a garden. When the moment of death was about to come, he asked for it to be passing of him, that surely there's another way, God, that you could make this happen. Yet in the midst of this prayer, he realises the will of God. In the midst of this prayer, In the moment of his seeing that death is inevitable by crucifixion, he says, not my will be done, 
but your will be done. And then he marches, as it were, towards the cross. See, Jesus was crucified. You may know the story somewhat. He was crucified between two other people who were called in the Bible criminals. They deserved their punishment, the Bible said. They were crucified, yep, but Jesus was innocent. In the moment there before Jesus died, he also prays again. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they don't know what they are doing. One of the men beside Jesus shouts out abuse and he mocks him. And the other one shouts out to him and says, Be quiet. Don't you fear God? This one here does not deserve this crucifixion. We do. We deserve it. He doesn't. So how do you and I respond to this undeserved grace of God? How do we respond to the scandal that someone would die for those undeserving? And that's you and I. What do we do in response to this undeserved forgiveness that we all need every day, moment by moment? What do we do in response to this scandal of an innocent person dying that we may have this amazing friendship, which is called eternal life with God? What is required of you and for me, for us, when we hear that God set things right for us? That God put His love on the line for each and every one of us by offering His Son, His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Well, the Bible teaches us to respond with faith, to trust, to put our faith in God. And the Bible says this, the amazing friendship with God is through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction since we all have sinned and fallen short of God's will for our lives. For all of us, every single one of us, those that have been Christians for a long time and those who have never said yes to Jesus. By trusting in Jesus Christ, in who He is and what He does, not just what He does, we can have eternal life. The Bible says it like this, work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus Christ. Like the workers in the vineyard who started at 5pm, in the cool of the evening and in the easiest part of the day, you can also undeservedly, with no working of your own, receive the full wages for which Jesus Christ died for you. Those workers got a gift. I reckon those ones at 5 o'clock, 5 p.m., they thought, man, we work for one hour. We've got a whole day's salary. How cool is that? They would have went clicking the heels, jumping around, having a good time. Those who were last in the line be working all day, this is a scandal. This is just not fair. This is just not right. See, in response to this scandalous grace of God towards each of us, we now, we now have a choice in how we're going to respond. This grace through the cross of Jesus now brings us all to a point of decision. Because we could go through Good Friday. We could go through Easter, not get double demerit points, just a reminder there. For my wife mainly. And um, 
But we could go through Easter and go, oh, great, that was fantastic. Went to church twice. What a shock. You know, we could do that kind of thing. We could do that. Like, oh, we've got to come back again on Sunday. Yeah, 20 people getting baptized. How good's that? That would be awesome. Invite 55 friends as well. Come back, pack the place out. Anyway, where was I? We've got a decision to make. We really do. We have a decision. What are we going to do? Well, we either accept or we reject the grace that God has given us. We've got a choice, a decision. Are we going to accept this grace? For those of us who have been following Jesus for a long time and those who haven't yet. Or are we going to reject this grace that Jesus has given us? If we accept, that means we turn away. We decide, we make a decision to turn away from doing life on our own terms and in our own way. And it means we turn to follow Jesus. For those of us who have been followers of Jesus for a long time, and perhaps you feel a little bit like the workers who started at the beginning of the day, you have a choice to trust in Jesus every moment of the day, to follow Him, to do life on His terms, not always yours. So the Bible clearly spells out that Jesus calls each and every one of us to repentance, which means to turn around which means to turn from what you are doing and how you are living and turn towards the way of God, turn towards Jesus Christ and by faith embrace His grace and continue to follow Him all of your days. So what's your choice? What's your decision going to be? In a moment, I'm going to ask the team to come up. They're going to do another song, I think. Is that correct? Yep. And when they come up, I want to ask you to stand. And for those of us that are here that have never said yes to Jesus, or for those of us, there's two things I'd like to ask us to make a decision about. The first is for those of us here who have never said yes to Jesus Christ, that this whole hearing of Jesus is a new thing, or you've been hearing about Jesus or knowing of Jesus through family members or friends or whatever, but you've never made this decision to say yes I'm going to trust Him for eternal life. For those of us that are here that have said yes to Jesus but have wandered off and done life on your own terms and sort of used Jesus as a bit of a token that when you need a bit of help, you pray. Or, oh, Jesus, I'm going to pray and as it were, rub you and I hope something comes out of this genie box and you just bless me. For those of you who have been doing life on your own terms but yet you're a believer but you're not really a disciple or a follower of Jesus. You have a decision as well. So all of us are equal before God through the grace of Jesus Christ that is undeserved. I'd like us to stand, if you don't mind, us stand. You've probably been thinking through the service about Jesus. You've probably been thinking about what God is saying to you in your heart of hearts. Well, today I, I would like us to leave today not moving us to a point of decision and choice. I'd like us to leave today with making a choice. Can we just bow our heads, close our eyes and start praying? You pray, just Jesus, just start talking to Jesus yourself. God, here we are, bowed before you with thanksgiving for this grace that is so undeserved. 
you laid your life down to take upon yourself that sin which separates, that unbelief, the sin of unbelief that separates us from experiencing eternal life, a relationship with Father, with you and with the Holy Spirit. Today we thank you for paying the price. It cost you your life. It cost you humiliation. It cost you abuse. It cost you incredible pain. Most of all, it cost you your relationship with Father, separated, forsaken, so that we may be received by the Father through faith in you. Oh God, thank you. Thank you. Just with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask for a response. And the response will be that you'll just raise your hand to me and I'm going to look at each section of the church in a moment, but my, I'm going to ask that you would raise your hand, hold it up and just acknowledge me that you're saying yes to Jesus Christ. And for those, the first one is first time people are saying, yes, I, I want to put my trust in Jesus Christ as my Saviour, as my Lord. If that's you today, I'd love for you to raise your hand. If that's if you're wondering and as you might be thinking in your heart, you might be thinking in your soul, oh no, what about what would people think? What do I do next? Your heart might be beating a bit faster than normal. That's okay. I understand. I remember that myself. But don't stop saying yes to Jesus because of that. Don't allow your mind to get in in the way of your heart. So for those who want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, you say, yep, yep, I'm in. I want to follow this Jesus. I want to believe. I do believe that He died. He gave His life for me that I may have a relationship with God to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. If that's you and in the auditorium, every head bowed, every eye closed, I've just opened my eyes and looked up. So on my right and on your left, is anybody over there who would like to say yes to Jesus? Yes to Jesus. Great. Fantastic. Yep. Fantastic. Awesome. Great. Yep. Fantastic. Put your hand down now. That's great. From on my, on my left, on your right, in these two sections here, is there anybody who say, yep, I want to say yes to Jesus? Awesome. Yep. Great. Thank you. Thank you down the back, the lady in the back, fantastic. The front, awesome. Very, very good. Very good. Put your hand down now, that'd be awesome. For those of you who know you've walked away and you're saying, you want to go, yeah, I'm coming back, Jesus, I'm sorry. You're like that prodigal son who's come back and said, oh, Father, I want to be right with you. On my left, on your right, is there anybody here that would like to raise their hand in that Second one, say, yes, I've followed Jesus, but I've done my own thing for long enough. Yep, up the back there, great. Awesome, yep, fantastic, awesome. Yep, very, very good. Good on you, that is so good. On my right, on your left, anybody over there, say, yep, fantastic, yep. Raise, look at me, that'd be good, good on you. Awesome, fantastic, super stuff, super stuff. Put your hand down now, mate, that's awesome. Good on you, buddy, that's courageous. Really well done, mate, good on you. God, we just thank you for these people. Oh, it moves me deep within, Lord. We pray, all of us,
for those who have raised their hand today. Holy Spirit, move deeply within their souls and every part of their being that Jesus would be revealed to them personally, day by day, moment by moment. Fill them with a hunger and a thirst to chase after you, we pray, for your glory and for your namesake. Amen. Good on you. God bless you.